Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 17 of the WrestleGeddon Podcast. Took a week off, we had some stuff going on, but we are back. I am, as always, your host, Chris the Heat Matthews, joined by the undeniable Garrett G. Money Munn. What's going on, man? Nothing much, man. Got wrestling to talk about this week. Got a lot of the figure news we've got going on, and... A lot of stuff to talk about. Right. So, as usual, go ahead and follow, rate, subscribe, review on whatever app you're using to listen to our tremendous podcast on. Uh, go ahead and send us any questions, emails, through email, comments, concerns, criticisms, anything like that to askwrestlegeddon at gmail.com. And without further ado... Let's jump into the news. Well, hotline fans, I have got a hotline rumor for you. The number, what's the number? Let me call the number. In the Hulkster's hotline, you may do so by dialing one 945 hulk All right. Not a lot of news this week. Nope. It's pretty, pretty dead. Like, the biggest thing was just Orton signing a new five-year deal with WWE. Good move for Orton or bad move for Orton? Uh, I think I would have liked to see him in AEW personally. Uh, I mean, I, I think he's done a lot for WWE, and uh, I think him going to AEW would give him a different, I guess, life. If that makes sense. I think the I think the money was right. Oh yeah, of course. And I guarantee you, he's probably gonna end up having a lighter schedule. And and well, yeah. And then I, I also agree with it too. Like he should have thrown like him throwing AEW out there. Like oh, I might sign with him was a great business decision because WWE is like, well, we don't want him to go there. Let's sign him to pay him more. Could you imagine though if WWE lost Orton and he showed up in AEW? That'd be insane. Absolutely insane. It'd make the Jake Hagar thing look like shit. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's for sure. Just something pop up out of nowhere and RKO someone. That's all you have to do. <laughs> that's pretty much it for just regular news. Not like I said, it's a pretty slow week. Not a whole lot going on, unless it's figure related. So, oh yeah, Ringside Fest was this past weekend. Which if you're not familiar familiar with Ringside Fest. It is a um, two-day event um, put on by Ringside Collectibles. Basically what it is is go chill, meet some of your favorite WWE superstars. Uh, this year they had Nikki Cross, Seth Rollins, Becky Lynch, uh, Sasha Banks. I believe Becky Lynch was there. I know she was advertised at one point, but Sasha was there. Um, Alexa was supposed to be there, but I had to pull out due to personal reasons. Um, the wonderful and amazing Bill McKenna was also on hand. Showing off some new stuff coming out. One of the biggest things, actually two of the biggest things that they showed off 
um, were prototype images of China. So the first China figure we saw, finally saw a prototype for that. Uh, the Fiend, which looks freaking amazing, and a prototype image, a colorized prototype image of a new Sasha Banks Elite uh, with the blue hair, so interchangeable hands, all that good stuff. Um, there was some other news as far as some new sets coming out. You have Network Spotlight Series 2, which is a Target exclusive, which is going to include, finally, the release of Wendy Richter, which is supposed to be in the uh, three-pack um, that was supposed to be an FYE exclusive. We have a Kurt Angle. Matt Hardy from the Ultimate Deletion Pack. So he will see a release. Unfortunately, the Bray Wyatt from that set will not. Um, so far, nothing else has been announced yet for that. Um, but Matt Hardy is going to include Scarsguard, the Dilapidated Boat, and Vanguard 1. Um, unfortunately, we will not be getting the Mower of Wands. And then finally in that set, we're getting a new Ricochet. Um, let's see what else we got. The there's a Royal Rumble exclusive set, which I'm sure will be. Um, I don't think Target will get that because we Target never gets any of the non-Target exclusive Walmart, sets. Walmart, right? Usually, get usually Walmart like that. will get them. Um, Ringside Collectibles, Amazon. It's the same with the WrestleMania set that just came out. Um, but this set has uh, Bobby Lashley, Lita, The Rock, and a new Macho Man. Uh, we saw images of Elite 73, which includes Kyrie Sane, Triple H, Daniel Bryan, Grand Metalik, and his first figure. Well, actually, second figure, because his first figure was uh, the 12-inch True Moves. Uh, but Grand Metalik will be the chase. Uh, we're getting a new Elias and a new Aleister Black. And that Aleister Black figure looks fucking amazing. I mean, with any, that ring, any with that Aleister blast. Black figure you make is going to be freaking amazing. Let's just throw that out there right now. And the uh, anticipated, the target exclusive for that set is going to be one half of the Iconics, the amazing Peyton Royce. So her first Elite figure will be a target exclusive. Uh, Elite 74 is going to include Goldberg in the white and black trunks that he wore during his first WWE run. Uh, we got Finn Balor, who's coming with a cloth goods leather jacket. We got a new AJ Styles, Natalia's first elite, which looks amazing, an updated Andrade, uh, Lince Dorado, his first figure, which will also be the chase for that set, and the Walmart exclusive. We're getting a brand new Jim the Anvil Neidhart, uh, which will include a um, cloth goods heart foundation jacket. So I'm pretty psyched about that, um, especially since we already have Brett the Hitman Hart uh, with the heart foundation jacket, uh, the British Bulldog. And it'd be, it'd be a nice touch to add the anvil to that setup. Uh, downside is we'll never get an Owen Hart. But take what we can get. Uh, Ultimate Series 4 was shown off. Um, of course, we know that's Brock Lesnar and Shawn Michaels. Basic 103 includes the first ever figure of Matt Riddle. Got Kofi Kingston. Uh, Becky Lynch will be the chase. Uh, her shirts are going to be the Relentless orange shirt and the her basic The Man shirt. Got AJ Styles and Brock Lesnar. Uh, basic 104 will have Rey Mysterio. The first time in the line, Keith Lee, who will be a chase. Um, bring us on. That one's going to be black and blue. Randy Orton, new Daniel Bryan. Uh, Battle Pack 63, so far announced, was um, Finn Balor and Bobby Lashley. And, of course, New Day to go along with the, the Kofi Kingston um, that's coming out 103. 
and then we talk about a few of the prototypes. There's also a prototype of the new Pete Dunn shown, of course, with the longer hair, and a prototype of Viscera. So pretty psyched about that one. Uh, what else we got? So Super 7, the new Japan Pro Wrestling pre-orders went live. Uh, they will be up through November 30th. Uh, price points on those are going to be $45 each, which is a little bit out of my budget. But the figures look phenomenal. Um, you've got uh, Tomohoro Ishii, um, Okada, Will Ospreay, and Tanahashi are the four that are being released in that wave. Um, also up for pre-order as well is Boss Fight Studios Legends of Lucha Libre, uh, which of course is Penta Zero M or, or Pentagon. Uh, Ray Phoenix. Um, each one includes alternate heads and hands. Uh, Pentagon includes a light tube, and Phoenix will include a kendo stick. They're going to be thirty-seven ninety-nine, and they also have accessories pack. Accessory packs are about twenty dollars each. Set one includes a table, barbed wire, a sickle, an extra head, a barbed wire bat, a kendo stick, and a light tube. Set two will have two dog collars, a chain, a mic, another an extra head for that one, a two by four, a chair, and a breakable cinder block. So those are all up for pre-order on Boss Fight's website. So have you seen the prototypes for those? The images I'm for not. I bet they're amazing. Oh, they're phenomenal. I'm sure they are. The um the Phoenix one has um one of the alternate heads has a ripped mask. Nice. So it's freaking awesome. Do you see the prototype images for the new Japan figures? I did not. I did see the ones for the wrestling figures, the WWE figures, but I didn't see the new Japan ones. But, I mean, I would definitely be interested in those. The, like, only, the downside with the New Japan ones is they're 7-inch figures. So they're not going to scale well with their weird. elites. Um, but the Legends of Lucha Libre line is, is, is about 6 to 6.5-inch. So gotcha. they'll probably scale better with your elite figures. So they'll probably be a little bit out of scale because I don't think you know Pentagon is as tall as you know some of the, some of the WWE guys, but... Yeah, um, six and a half inch is not bad. It'll still kind of fit pretty well. But I'm excited for those. Like both of those, like the reason why they're a little bit pricier is because Boss Fight and Super Seven are pretty much independent toy companies. Correct. They do everything direct through their website, um, or they'll sell through like Entertainment Earth or Big Bad Toy Store. Um, both of these sets are actually. I believe Boss Fight is doing through their website and Mass Republic. Super 7 is available for pre-order um, through pretty much every website, including Ringside Collectibles. Gotcha. Well, those figures look awesome, and I'm excited for those. Uh, that pretty much wraps up the news. We're going to take a quick break, and we will be back for our new segment, which is basically the recap segment renamed to Get in the Ring. So we will be What's up, everyone? This is Chris the Heat Matthews, the host of the WrestleGeddon Podcast. And I want to tell you about Anchor. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast and they give you everything you need in one place for free, which you can use right from your phone or computer. The creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast so it sounds great. They'll even distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere on places like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more. You can easily make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So download the Anchor app 
or go to anchor.fm to get started today. All right, we are back, so it is time to get in the ring. So, got a new Universal Champion coming out of Crown Jewel. That we do. Uh, the only thing that good that came out of Crown Jewel was uh, the Fiend won the Universal Championship. Uh, really, uh, really good match. I mean, I hate the red spotlight. I mean, I mean we both do. It's, it's fucking terrible. horrible. And then it, 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 I mean, it got exponentially worse when like the whole match is like in and out of the ring, and they're up on the 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 stage or whatever and the lights following them around which just made it seem even worse when we don't even like the light to begin with it just like takes away from the match cause like no one I mean I get it because it's supposed to be like the fiend dark demonic whatever but like you can do like anything else that would be well, better I mean, than that Kane never wrestled under red light true just this is dumb but uh, the biggest thing with this is was it a waste to have the Fiend win the title at Crown Jewel over Hell in a Cell. Um, yes. I mean, I think it would have been more beneficial for him to win it at, like, a pay-per-view that, you know, people actually want to watch. I mean, I I guess a lot of people like watching Crown Jewel. I mean, I get it, I guess, but I, I had to work and had other things to do, and I, uh, I didn't watch it. I I don't support the Crown Jewel event, so it's not something that I think we need to support. Like it's just a bunch of throwaway matches that really don't amount to anything. Um, but you know the repercussions of this was when we go into SmackDown with the Fiend as Universal Champion. You have Brock Lesnar on SmackDown as the WWE Champion. Correct. Yep. So, because of that, and because WWE wanting to continue the feud with Brock Lesnar and Rey Mysterio, Brock pretty much quits SmackDown and joins the Raw roster just to continue the the feud with Rey Mysterio. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, there's a bit of a controversy, too, coming out of the, the Crown Jewel event. As the majority of the WWE talent was unable to get out for apparent mechanical issues with their plane. Um, so we probably got, because of that, we got one of the best editions of SmackDown that we've had in a long-ass time. With a bit of an NXT invasion, um, which is pretty much kicking off the bill to Survivor Series. Mm-hmm. We got some amazing matches uh, between The Miz and Tommaso Ciampa. Um Adam Cole and Daniel Bryan. Um, Some awesome moments with Bianca Belair beating down Bailey. (laughs) No, Shayna Baszler beat down. Oh, Baszler, uh, yeah, Baszler beat down. She came out there and beat out Bailey, Banks, and who was she wrestling? I don't even know who she was wrestling, but beat her up too. Um, When she wrote Nikki Cross, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Because it was on Nikki Cross's title match. Yep. Um, 
we saw Bianca beat up. She beat up. Um, was it Fire and Desire? Yeah, Bianca took out Fire and Desire. No, 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 no. It was. Uh, no. Because they Fire, Fire and Desire, Desire wrestled. In the ring. So who did they beat up? It was. Um, um, it was Dana Brooke and somebody. Oh, Dana Brooke and Carmella. That's it. That's yeah, right. yeah, yeah. So they beat down Brooke and Carmella, and then. We got Ripley and Tegan, and Knox, Tegan Knox, which I'm fine with. <laughs> I don't think anybody was complaining because they no. just pretty much destroyed Sonya and Mandy. <laughs> yeah. Which they should have. And, um, yeah. And then, of course, the NXT invasion continued over to Monday Night Raw, um, which honestly didn't carry the same momentum that it did for SmackDown. Yeah, um, we did end up getting Adam Cole versus Seth Rollins, which was a pretty solid match until all the interferences started happening. All hell broke loose. <laughs> um, but we did have some cool moments between the OC and Undisputed Era, and that's that was pretty much the bulk of it. And then everything in between was like the same old bullshit we get every other week on Raw. Yep, just pretty much just felt let down as to. As far as the NXT invasion, yeah, I mean, we keep getting it, 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 Raw just has all these like soft storylines that no one cares about, and it, this stuff isn't like you know, obviously the Rusev stuff is just dumb. I'm tired of hearing it. Uh, well, one biggest thing with this is the whole one of the reasons that Lana gave all the five reasons that she gave two weeks ago was. That Bobby, no, not Bobby Lashley, Rusev was a sex addict. All he wanted to do was have sex. And then Lashley comes out and says that he hurt his groin having sex with Lana. So, where is the continuity and how does that make sense? It doesn't make sense. <laughs> it makes no sense. I didn't watch it, but I heard that the um, Charlotte Natalia and the Kabuki Warriors match was pretty good. That was pretty good. Yeah. I kind of like skimmed through some stuff. But uh, yeah, I heard that was pretty good. But I mean like... The other thing I don't get is so... The Viking Raiders are the champions. Why are they still doing jobbers? I don't understand neither. We, we already Can know they not wrestle match. anybody? We already know how good the Viking Raiders are. Obviously, they're your tag team champions. So there shouldn't be any issues with... Um... With them wrestling an actual tag team. Like, even if they got to destroy Hawkins and Ryder again. I mean, or how about maybe bringing out the Ascension? Or Epico and Primo? You know, like, an actual, like, established tag team for them them to fight. Or, hey, how about this? How about we debut Authors of Pain? Oh, I forgot. They moved them to SmackDown. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, ooh, I don't know. The Singh brothers are on Raw, aren't they? Or are they on SmackDown? Or are they no, 205, 205 NXT? I don't, I don't even know anymore. Well, they they're wherever they want to be. One of them is a 24-7 champion. Yeah. Don't so. know which one. <laughs> one of them is. You know, apparently remember. to our truth they look exactly the same. So I, I don't know which one it is either. There's two of them. There's two of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. So we roll into NXT. Uh, Wednesday night, so we're just going to roll through WWE real quick. Uh, we had Killian Dane attacking Pete Dunn and Damian Priest after their match. Of course, which Dunn went over with his armbar and finger snap combo. 
Um, Tynera and Santana Garrett. There was actually one really bad part during this match with a uh, combination where uh, Santana had grabbed Tynera from behind and they pretty much just like walked into the rope and Tynera grabbed onto the ropes and Santana flew backwards. Awesome. It was really, really bad. <laughs> and it makes absolutely no sense. Yeah. No, oh, but uh, of course, Tynera picked up the win over Santana Garrett, which is crazy because Santana Garrett is a phenomenal talent, and to see something she is WWE's Wonder Woman terrible in that matchup. Yeah. Um, I mean, Tynera is still she's nowhere near where she needs to be, but um, yeah. So then we move into Baszler taking on Dakota Kai, and of course, Baszler beat Dakota. Um, that would turn into a big beatdown of Dakota by the Horsewomen with Ripley, Knox, and Candice LeRae coming out uh, to kind of save Dakota from getting her ass kicked. And then followed by Io Shirai, Bianca Belair, and Mia Yim. Um, so Team Ripley is pretty much set now. Uh, they've taken out Dakota Kai and replaced her with Mia Yim. So we've got Rhea Ripley, Tegan Knox, Candice LeRae, and Mia Yim. Mm-hmm. And they still haven't announced the last member for uh, Baszler's team yet either. Now, they dropped the ball on this. Baszler's team should have automatically have been Shayna, Jessamine Duke, and Shafir. Why isn't that happening? Why are we getting Bianca Belair and Io Shirai on that team? I mean, I'm not complaining about Io being on the team. I'll complain all day about Bianca being on the team. But it should have been EO and the Horsewoman. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, I, I get it from a standpoint you want, I guess, you're more over talent. I mean, because I don't feel like, I mean, me personally, I don't care much about Shafir and Duke because they're, I mean, they're not bad. It just, they're, they're boring to me, I guess. I, I, I just think it makes sense. I mean, it does make sense. Because I, you're I just not, think they don't a, really have a chance to get over if they're not being used outside of being lackeys for Baszler. And that's so, what it feels like they they do. I guess all they how do many is. matches have they actually had on NXT? It's like five. Not many. And then like, like there's only like two of them that are any good anyway. Oh, the rest yeah. of them are just jobber matches, I guess. Pretty much. I think they need to do like a women's tag team classic or something like that to just yep. kind of let those two shine a little bit more. Why can't they do that? Have the winner face some the tag team champions. Pretty much. So, yeah. Um, really not much else on there. Uh, we did have the main event of the OC taking on the team of Tommaso Ciampa, Keith Lee, and the King of Bros, Matt Riddle, uh, which ended in a DQ after Balor had attacked Matt Riddle. Um, Adam Cole hit the ring and super kicked AJ Styles. Um, then he attacked Ciampa. And pretty much the show ends as Cole stares down Balor. Now, there was a little cool moment in here, too, with um, Styles and Balor. Um, Styles throws up the two sweet. Balor throws up the double guns. You know, the real rock and roller. The real rock and roller. And then Styles hits the uh, Styles Clash. Well, tries to. And then tries to. Then they get Adam super Cole kicked by Adam kicked. Cole. Yeah. So, Cool stuff. So they announced the the War Games teams for the men, which of course is Undisputed Era uh, versus Tommaso Ciampa, Keith Lee, and Matt Riddle. 
Um, fourth member yet to be determined, which is the only person that makes sense, is the Velveteen Dream. Yep, because, you know, Undisputed Era destroyed Velveteen Dream. Best way to get him back on the show. Yep. It's not going to be Roddy, or not Roddy, um, Gargano, because I'm pretty sure we're going to get Gargano versus Finn at TakeOver. Which would make sense. And that's makes sense right there. And like like I said, the only other person that makes sense for that team is Velveteen. They do anyone other than Velveteen, it's not really going to make mm-hmm. a whole lot of sense there. Um, that's the other thing I forgot to touch on, too. Angel Garza is actually the new Cruiserweight number one contender for the Cruiserweight title. Yeah, I forgot about that. So he will... Uh, he beat Tony Nese. Face off against Leo Rush here in a few weeks. So I'm assuming that's going to be a takeover. So. Or Survivor Series, actually. Is it Survivor Series? Um, it's probably going to be a takeover, I would uh, guess. Because takeover is the night before. They're going to ton of stuff. So probably a takeover, I would guess. Yeah. So, uh, let's see. We'll jump into NWA. So NWA do. Power. Yeah. Some AEW. No, NWA is pretty quick. Not a whole lot happened on there. Um, we had the debut, in-ring debut of Thunder Rosa, um, who beat down, I can't remember the chick's name, um, but she was on there a couple weeks ago. She uh, wrestled Allison Kay. Um, uh, Thunder Rosa ended up winning that match, and then uh, there's an interview with Marty, then Thunder, Marty Bell, and then Thunder Rosa had come back out. Um, after Allison K came out, and she pretty much jumped Allison K, and then Marty and Thunder Rosa just beat down Allison K. Uh, Homicide and Kingston challenged the Dawsons again, uh, putting their tag team title shot on the line if the Dawsons win. And then Colt Cabana is your new national champion, uh, defeating James Storm, and was was a, a pretty solid no DQ match. Pretty much everybody, the brother interfered, including the returning Rock and Roll Express. That was in the Dawson's match. Oh, I was in Dawson's match. Yay! Oh, I missed the Dawson's match. No, no, you're fine. No, no, no. In the Homicide Kingston match, uh, in Dawson's, uh, the Watt cards came out there. I don't know why they're out there. I, I, I guess I've like turned away for a minute, and uh, yeah, the Rock and Roll Express came out there and like took the wild cards out, and they all like left the ring, and then. Was that this week or last week? That's this week. They wrestled again this week? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they wrestled so, the week before in an ODQ match. Correct. So the, they basically came out there and I guess challenged them again this week. And then it, it happened after the Cabana match. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Explains a lot because I, I kind of fell asleep. And then we also <laughs> got uh, Aaron Stevens wrestled... Uh, uh, Ricky Starks. Ricky Starks again, and yeah. I, I guess it was a two out of three falls. Uh, Ricky Starks picked up the win again. Yeah, <laughs> pinned him twice in a row. Which, I have to say, um, Aaron Stevens really needs to look at his ring attire because he's wearing these like these tight-ass tights that are like the same they color as his skin. Color. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, was, I couldn't tell the difference between his tights and his freaking skin. It looked the exact same. I'm really starting to think that Aaron Stevens on the low-key is a porn star. <laughs> Hey, like, he looks, about, that, he like, looks trailer, smart. That, like, Paradise Pirates or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, Like, it pretty much was a low-budget porn. That, that's what it was. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's the vibe I got from that. Was it had, It's got to be a porn. So. <laughs> and then he comes out rocking those flesh-colored tights. Yeah, it's a porn. So. <laughs> 
He's uh, a thespian, all right. <laughs> he's a thespian, all right. Uh, oh, let's see. Uh, let's get into AEW this week. Um, then we're going to run down the AEW full gear card, which is going on Saturday night. Uh, we'll get some predictions for that as well. Um, we had Pac, the bastard Pac, um, going over Trent Beretta in a pretty solid matchup. Uh, there was one weird spot in that match where um, Pac had uh, pinned Trent and the ref had counted two. I'm assuming that Pac was supposed to pull Trent's head up and uh, break up the pin and then put him in the uh, the Rings of Saturn finisher that he uses. But, um, like, the ref had counted two and, like, it just confused the shit out of everybody. Like, audience was confused. I was confused. It was, it was just a weird, weird spot. But, um... Pac ended up winning with the submission anyway. Uh, Private Party taking on the Dark Order. Winner of that match got added to the Triple Threat Tag Team Title Match at Full Gear. So Private Party went over the Dork Order. I was going to say, you said it wrong. It's Dork. I, I did. I it's, said Dark it's Order. Dork, dork Order. It's, it's the Dork Order. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, so Private Party, obviously, well-deserved well win and into that Triple Threat. Great tag team. Tag team title match, which is going to be a phenomenal match. Oh, man. At full gear. I'm pretty much going to say that may end up being the match of the night. Um, Cody announces that if he, and probably one of the best promos of the night, that if he loses to Jericho at full gear, he will never challenge for the world title again. Um, and a tag team of Sakura and Hayter um, going over Rio and Shauna. Uh, Sean Spears taking on Brandon Cutler again. Uh, of course, with Sean Spears going over Cutler. Uh, Sammy Guevara and Jericho going over the team of Hang Hangman Page and Kenny Omega. And, of course, the show ended with another brawl. Yep. Pretty much all AEW does. Most of their shows end in a brawl. Like they've had, what, like four shows? And three out of the four of them that ended in a brawl? Yeah. No. It's four or five. But, um... Yeah. The best, the best thing to come out of AEW was that promo video they put together with Jer- for Jericho. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we could get some good bubbly. Yeah. <laughs> it's not even that, Virgil. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that too. <laughs> that whole thing what was like Soul Daddy Johnson or something like that, or Soul yeah. Daddy Jones. <laughs> oh, uh, it was freaking awesome. It was great. And like anytime they showed like Jake Hager. Which is great because he hasn't said a single word since he's been on, since he's joined AEW. So every time they put the camera on him, like he just kind of stood there and stared at the camera, while everybody else had like some inspirational thing to say about Jericho. And then like Sammy Guevara hits, I think it was Sammy who said that uh, hit the best line where Jericho is the youngest AEW champion in history. <laughs> <laughs> Which, uh, technically, it's true. Technically true. Nobody yeah. else has held the title yet. So. Yeah. But, um, so AEW was pretty solid. They've been putting on solid shows every week. Yeah. Um, if not, don't really have a whole lot of complaints about that. But, uh, let's break down full gear. Um, we're, of course, we're getting the AEW world title match between Chris Jericho and Cody. Me, personally, I'm leaning towards Cody on this one. Ah, uh, yeah. It's just that promo, just like there's no way that you won't see Cody challenge again for that world title. I honestly, although I can see them doing some sort of DQ finish where Cody wins 
and Jericho still retains the title. Um, I can see that happening to set up um, the next pay-per-view event, like a match between the Inner Circle and the Elite. Um, and then maybe Cody still chasing after Jericho as champion. Um, they could draw it out over a few pay-per-views if they do it that way. Yeah. Um, which probably seems to make the most sense. Uh, AEW Tag Team Championship, Triple Threat Match. SCU versus the Lucha Brothers and Private Party. Um, what you got on this one? Mm, I don't know. I think it's a little early for SCU to lose the titles already. But, I mean, I would definitely say the Dark Horse would be Private Party. Um, I mean, I think it's going to be an all-out brawl between SCU and Lucha Bros. And I could see Private Party just, like, sneaking in and getting a win and walking out the door. Could happen. I'm uh, the build-up for SCU has been fantastic, especially with Scorpio Sky. But I can really, I can see Lucha Brothers or Private Party taking a win in this match. But it, it's a hard choice. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna say SCU is gonna retain. Just, it just seems they, it seems like the best option. Um, AEW's women, AEW Women's Championship, Rio defending against, um, was it Emi Sakura? I don't even know who she is. Yeah. Like what what match did she win to become number one contender? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. They they announced so, and I was like, who? What? Oh, whatever. What has she done? Like the uh, only match I've know. seen her in was a tag team match, unless she's been in like some of the battle royals or something. Maybe. But Rio is definitely going to retain on yeah. this one. So I think they just wanted to throw somebody in there because like Awesome Kong is probably busy doing something. Because that's ultimately, I think, where we're going with this. Either Rio versus Brandy or Rio versus Awesome Kong. Something like that. No. Um, unsanctioned match. Kenny Omega versus John Moxley. Pretty much no DQ. Anything goes. Um, uh, the way Omega's been rolling, I'm probably going to go with John Moxley on that one. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't care who wins as long as the... Uh... The barbed wire wrapped uh, broom gets used in the match. It's, it's all that matters. Yes. Because we, you know, for like two weeks in a row, we've seen it. If, but it if hasn't that happens, been used. if it gets used, the real winners are the fans. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's see. So who you got for that one? Um, I don't know. I I, I think Omega will probably take it. I mean, he's kind of on a roll right now, and I think he can keep the role going over Moxley. Um, that's just who I'd pick. Alright. Uh Young Bucks versus Santana and Ortiz. That's that's kind of a tough one because the Bucks have been kind of on a losing streak. Um, yeah. Like losing the in the first round to private party, the tag tournament. Um I'm I think I'm gonna lean more towards Santana and Ortiz on this one. Yeah, and I could see like I could see they're they're probably gonna win because I also feel like the inner circle is gonna interfere in some sort probably too or someone's gonna be out there to distract the young bucks or whatever and they'll probably win. I mean I, that's kind of what I feel like is gonna happen most of the show is gonna be a inner circle all being out there interfering in the the matches their team teammates are in if that makes sense. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, we got Hangman Page uh, taking on the Bastard Pac in the rubber match. Um, both these guys have one win over each other, so this one is the should be the end all be all to the feud between the two of these guys. So we'll see where the, they go from here. I'm going with Hangman Page on this one. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I have to admit, uh, I absolutely love 
his entrance music, his attire, the whole Adam Page hangman is it's it's amazing. All the, I, cow, all the cowboy shit. All the cowboy shit. His music. The <laughs> all, I love all of it. I don't know why I love it so much. It's so it's so perfect for him and his character. So yeah. And just recently, and added to the event, we have the bad boy Joey Janela taking on the self-proclaimed chairman of AEW, Sean Spears. Um, I'm going with Spears on that one. Yeah. And that, that seems like a given. But then again, you know, they like to do things because I pretty much thought the Young Bucks going over private party was a given. But I obviously was wrong. <laughs> like most of us were. <laughs> And then you've got the the buy-in match. Um, I'm sure they may add another one, but you've got uh, Britt Baker taking on uh, Bree Priestley. Uh, of course, I'm going with Britt Baker on that one. I think we all are. Well, honestly, should have been the women's champion and should be the face of your women's division. Agreed. But instead, she's on the buy-in instead of challenging for the actual title. Because we're going to give some woman we don't even know how good she is a title match because... Yeah. Truth. Hashtag truth. All right. So that's our Get in the Ring segment. We're going to take a quick break and we're going to be back with the Q&A and some trivia. So sit tight. Introducing the newest of the WF Wrestling Buddies, Big Boss Man and Jake the Snake Roberts. Clunkum, Clunkum. Wrestling Buddies want to be your buddy. Wrestling Buddy, what's going on? Nothing, uh, officer. Buddy, where? <laughs> hey, where's the wise guy? Big Boss Man. Murphy. What's going oh, on? Nothing, Sarge. <laughs> Big Boss Man and Jake the Snake Roberts, the newest WWF Wrestling Buddies from Tonga, each sold separately. What? 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 And we're back. So, let's jump into the Q&A. We've got three questions via email from the MVP himself, who's the only one that sends in any questions. So, uh, first question. What's your favorite Val Venus match? Listen to me. I haven't watched enough Val Venus matches to have a favorite Val Venus <laughs> match, so I'm not answering this question. This is an all-you question. All-you. Val Venus versus Ken Shamrock. The whole Ryan Shamrock thing. That was probably one the probably the best the best Val Venus match to date. Unfortunately, um, other segments, notable segments. You know, Val Venus and Kyantai. You know, choppy choppy your pee pee. Choppy choppy your pee pee. <laughs> but other than that, I, that's the only match that comes to mind is Val Venus versus Ken Shamrock. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, I, 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 I don't watch enough old wrestling to watch Valvius matches, so I don't have an answer to that. I mean, you could go like his tag team with the Godfather, Supply and Demand. <laughs> I think like the only Valvius I've like really watched watch is like him and like Royal Rumbles, and I just like laugh watching him get thrown around the ring. <laughs> Hello, ladies. Hello, ladies. <laughs> Uh, apparently he owns like weed distilleries now or something like that. So. Hey, it's a good business to get into if it's legal in your state. Supply and demand. Supply and demand. <laughs> so, um, question number two. How much blood money would it take for you to wrestle in Saudi Arabia? 
Uh, not a whole lot of blood money, apparently, because apparently anybody could take it. And I mean, hey, it's money. Money's money, man. Money's money. Yeah, I don't have an amount. Five million. Five million. <laughs> hey, I bet. I. It's funny, though, too. Like, can you imagine, like, how much Brock probably got paid just to fucking go over there? Well, not just Brock. Think I about, mean, like, Tyson Brock, Fury and Tyson Fury. Kane Velasquez, how much they paid them just to yeah. an appear, make an appearance saying, on there. Us saying, or him saying $5 million is probably a small amount of how much they got paid. Especially Fury and Velasquez. Jesus. Well, Fury, Fury alone. He probably I got paid even imagine the, close the to 30 maybe. he got off of that. But, um... Oh, excuse me. Um, Velasquez apparently has signed a deal with WWE, so I mean, there's not really like a huge thing there. But you know, Fury wasn't under WWE contract; just like a one-time, one-and-done type thing, which apparently his promoter was pissed about uh, because uh, they never told him. Great, yeah, sounds logical. <laughs> and final question from the MVP himself. Which male wrestler would you want to take a Bronco Buster from and choose wisely? You know, because, you know, our MVP, he wouldn't let us pick women's wrestlers, man. He, uh, he thinks that we want a male penis in our face. That's what he really thinks we want. Yeah. So, uh, I think you should go first. I want to hear this uh, amazing person you have. <laughs> Well, I'm going to tell you my answer. It's The Rock. Because, according to the hurricane, The Rock has a tiny ding-a-ling. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I forgot about that. There you go. That's a great choice. So that's my answer. The Rock and his tiny ding-a-ling. <laughs> so, uh, I thought long and hard about it. And uh, I couldn't think of an actual really good answer. So my answer is going to be a bad answer because it's going to be the worst answer you could ever give to this question. And that would be Joey Ryan. And the reason why is, great story to tell your kids later in life. You'd be like, Dad, why do you have a metal plate in your jaw? Well, you know, I got a Bronco Buster from Joey Ryan, broke my jaw, you know, his junk's made of steel. Snapped it right in two, so I had to get a metal plate to get it fixed, you know. <laughs> so I, mean, I thought that was probably the best answer, you know. Got a story behind it, you know, something to tell the kids, laugh at you when you're not around, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> great story, great story. Oh, man. Oh, I'm Carl, Carl and these damn questions. <laughs> the real thing is, like, where does he get these questions? He's got a lot of free time, uh, apparently. Uh, so. <laughs> right. Trivia question. So, last episode, we asked you the question... What superstar defeated The Rock in his last televised match on Raw? And if you went ahead and had the correct answer of none other than one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. The greatest superhero to ever wrestle in WWE. The Hurricane. Go ahead and give yourselves that good old-fashioned Barry Horowitz pat on the back because you are correct. This week's may be a little bit harder. I'm going to let G-Money go ahead and hit you with this week's trivia question. All right. This week's trivia question is, who was the first person, first, to pin 
Mr. Perfect in WWE? It's, it's a tough question. It took me a little bit to figure this out, but uh, but I got it. So if you think you know the answer, you can go ahead and drop that in any social media post promoting the this recent episode of the podcast. Or you can also email it to askwrestlegadden at gmail.com. Just throw in the subject line, episode 17, trivia answer. And we'll see if you're right. So that's going to wrap up another fun-filled edition of the WrestleGadden podcast. This is episode 17. 17 episodes. 17 episodes. Coming up to 20. Getting so. close. And then it took me... Like twelve episodes of realize I need somebody else to talk to instead of just rambling to myself for an hour. <laughs> yeah, 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 So it's all good. Yeah. And as always, we're gonna hit you again with the please subscribe, follow, rate, review, whatever it is you need to do on whatever app that you're using to listen to this amazing podcast on. Go ahead and leave us a five-star review on iTunes. You can go ahead and leave a comment on there, too. Like, I don't care. You can say we suck. As long as we get a five-star review, I'm gold. Um, again, any questions, comments, concerns, criticisms, anything like that, you can go ahead and send to askwrestlegeddon at gmail.com. We might read it. We might not read it. It all depends on my mood that day. Well, that's all I got. That's it. Another episode. Down the hatch. Ready for episode 18 next week. Got a lot of wrestling to talk about next week, and we will get to it next week. All right, y'all. We'll see you next week, or you'll hear us next week, one of the two. We really need to come up with a closing for this thing, because it's... it's... Well, well but we got we got episodes. Hopefully by 20, maybe we'll have a great closing. You guys love it. You know, we'll get there. You know what? I got the perfect closing. It's all my juggalos and juggalettes out there. Don't try this at home. Woo-woo. <laughs> Fuck this shit. Woo!